If you've been with us, we're going through the Bible in about 16 key concepts or passages is what we're looking at. And we're taking the whole Bible story, Genesis to Revelation. We talked about the idea that God starts with a kingdom, and he is king. We talked about the idea that he created man. He put him in charge of that kingdom. We talked about the idea that man decided he didn't like the way God was doing it, so he chose to follow Satan instead of God. We talked about the idea that God steps into the picture and says, you know, I'm going to take care of this. We talked about the idea that God makes a covenant with Abraham, and he says, Abraham, you're going to be my guy. And through Judah, he, he, he shows him that even though things look complicated, God would make a way through all of that. We've talked about the idea of the Passover, that God instituted this idea that there can be a substitute um, in, in place of uh, us. And then we talked about last week the idea that this, 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 this Savior would actually be king and would ultimately be king of kings and Lord of lords. This morning, we're going to look at a passage in one of the prophets, um, the prophet Isaiah. It is a very familiar passage to some of you who've been around church for a while. Um, but I hope, I hope, and I pray this morning, that you'll walk out of here this morning getting it. Because I think most of the time when we look at this passage, we don't get it. We don't really understand it. And it is life-changing if you can really, really get it. So, Isaiah chapter 53, here's what it says. Um, are we up there, guys? Ah, there it is. Isaiah 53. By the way, it's in a Bible. Those are books that we have that we use from time to time. Um, you know, it's not like you always have to use a screen. Or you can get it on your app on your phone now. Um, you know, um, if the Wi-Fi is up, you're able to. Anyway, here we go. Uh, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him. This speaking of Jesus, he grew up before him like a tender shoot, a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire. You know these beautiful pictures you see of Jesus? Eh. That's what the Bible says. It's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says. You know, there's nothing where you look at Jesus and go, whoa, that's, the, that's, that's Jesus. You look at him like, ugh. Um, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. It's very important. Some of you are going through a tough time right now. You need to understand. Jesus understands. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with, literally, the text says, much grief. Um, like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, that was upon him. And by his wounds we were healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Remember that, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Going on, notice what it says. Um, he was oppressed and afflicted, and he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to slaughter, a sheep before his shears were silent. He didn't open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away, and who could speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich men in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. 
Yet, it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. Now the Lord makes his life a guilt offering. He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of light and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many. He will bear their iniquity. Therefore, I give him a portion among the great. He will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many. And he made intercession for transgressors. I want to go back to that phrase, that, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Make no mistake about it. Sin is serious business with God. Make no mistake about it. Sin had to be dealt with. It had to. It had to. And the only way to deal with it, as we learned in the Passover, was a spotless, sinless sacrifice. It had to be a lamb without blemish. It had to be set aside. It had to be there for a special reason. It had to shed, shed its blood. And he, Isaiah says, look, Jesus is just like that. But he comes to this passage and he says, and what God does is God lays on him the iniquity, the sins of us all. And when you understand that, it is life-changing. Okay, um, Now, you know me. I'll do what I have to do to get a message across. So, um, I've already asked him to help me out. Nick's going to come, or Tony's going to come up here and give me a hand. And I'm going to try to illustrate it for you. Okay? We're going to let this chair represent Jesus. Okay? The suffering servant. Okay? I'm going to let this represent... I keep, I'm going to want to keep calling you Nick all day. Tony... And his life. Okay? Got it? Backpack, Tony, and his life. Chair representing Jesus. I had my wife grab a couple of bags last night, and I don't, I've never used this one, so hang on. But we tested it out, and we know it fits. Oh, there it is. I knew there was another zipper in there. All right. So, everybody got it? We good? All right. As you go through life, you know as well as I do that we sin. So... Hey, do you get along well with your brother? No. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Ever try to beat up on him a little bit? Yeah. All right. Uh, are you supposed to do that? I don't know. You think the Bible says that that's the way you should treat your brother? No. Okay, exactly. All right. So we would call that sin, would we not? Good. Let's just put it in there. All right. Uh, you ever read anything or seen anything you're not supposed to read or see? Okay. Sin. You good? All right. When mom and dad ask you to clean your room, do you clean your room? All right. So when you don't, that would be? All right. We're getting there, buddy. That's not going to fit real well. I'll find another spot. Here's another spot for it. Good. All right. All right. You ever get into a sports game and lose your temper? <laughs> now, remember, you have a brother here and two parents. You know, mom and a dad who can testify. All right, there we go. We would call that sin. All right. Oh, I think that one's full. Let's go to this one. All right. Boy, you do a lot of sin. Um, you ever lie? Know the story of Pinocchio? 
There we go. Ever do things you know you're not supposed to do? Ashamed of? Darth Vader. Angry Birds I have in my office. They're awesome. All right. You ever know when you're supposed to be a testimony to your friends and stuff like that and you're not? Yep. All right. Supposed to be a light. Got it? Doing well, my friend. You ever say stuff that you're not supposed to say? So you got to keep your mouth shut and instead you say the wrong thing? Ever yell at anybody? No, I'm not going to toot it. All right, I think that'll do. I think we're full. All right. Now, I'm going to let this represent your life. Hang on, we're getting there. All right. I don't know if I can get this last one closed. How's that feeling? Hard. Is that? Now, here's the deal. This is your sin. Why don't you carry that around all week? Okay. Okay? How's that going to feel? Okay? Watch this. You can go through life like this. You know what Isaiah chapter 53 says? And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of his all. How's life now? Good. Okay. Why? Because I don't have all that weight. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Thanks. You can have a seat. And that means that what happened is I got a backpack too. Lord has laid on him the iniquity. I know you've got a backpack. Because um, <laughs> we've all got a backpack. You see that? And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You get that? Do you understand that God took your sin upon him at the cross. That's why in the Bible, when Jesus says he's on the cross and he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Here's why. Jesus walked 33 plus years on this earth with an empty backpack. No sin. There's no reason for him to die. But what he does is at the end of his, at, at the, on the cross, he takes your sin and my sin upon him, Isaiah 53, and the Lord lays on him the iniquity of us all. And God the Father, who is in heaven, looking down on God the Son, says, I can't look at him because he who knew no sin became sin for us. 
And so God the Father has to turn his back and look away, and God the Son cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God laid on him the iniquity of us all. When you understand this, this is life-changing. Well, you understand this. It's just like what Tony said. It is so much easier now because I don't carry around that weight. And you need to understand this is what God did for us. This is what he did. And when the Bible, when Isaiah talks about the idea of what he went through in order to do that, he was despised. He was rejected. No one wanted to know. No one wanted anything to do with him. This is what you've got to understand. If you can get this, it will change your life. It'll change your life. A um, couple of takeaways. A couple of things that, that, to, to understand with this. How did the world respond to Christ? Isaiah 53 told us. What, what, how did, it, how did, did it like him? No. Politically, Rome didn't like him. Religiously, no one liked him. You see, he came into the world preaching an exclusive message. I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He was in a world which said everything's okay. He was brought up in a world in which, I mean, they didn't just worship one God. They worshiped all kinds of gods. And the more gods you had, the more you had your bases covered. And he come in and said, hey, by the way, see all that? No good. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one gets the Father but by me. I'm the only way. You can't just believe whatever you want. You've got to do it my way. You think that was a popular message? What did the world say? What was the world's response? They rejected him. Time out. Why do you think the world should accept your message? You call yourself a Christian, literally a little Christ, one who's like Christ. If they rejected him, you think they're going to accept you? No, they rejected him, they're going to reject us. It's okay. It's okay. Now, we don't want, to, we don't want them to reject us because of the way we teach, do our message. We want them to reject us because of our message. There's a difference. You know as well as I do, you've met those obnoxious Christian people. You don't want to do it that way. You want to do it the way Jesus did it. He spoke the truth with grace and mercy and love. That's the way we want to do it. But you need to understand that don't be surprised when the world rejected him that the world rejects you. Don't be surprised that they don't, they don't see things the way you see it, the way I see it. Why? Because I see the way things the way Christ sees them. They rejected him. They're going to reject me. That's okay. I don't have to run around demand that they see it my way. Why? Because they rejected him. Notice the other idea here is that this idea that he takes your sin upon him. He took your backpack. Now, stop and get this. So if you haven't been paying any attention up to now, please pay attention to this, okay? I'll do whatever I have to do for you to get this, because most Christians today don't get this. 
How much of my sin did he take upon him? How much of my sin did he take upon him? One more time. How much of my sin? All. You know what I, you know what I see? I see people who today have no problem going, all, he took it all. But tomorrow morning you're going to get up and you're going to try to go to work and you're going to want to try to stand for God or you're going to try to live for God or whatever else. And then here's what's going to happen. Satan, who is really good at this, is going to come into your little backpack and he's going to go, you know what? You know how you treated so-and-so? That's not the way a Christian should act. Don't you remember what you did? Don't, don't you remember this? You can't serve God because you got this. How dare you try to tell somebody else about the Christian life? Don't you know about this? You know what you do? You go, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And you will actually live defeated all week long because you will allow Satan all week long to yank stuff out of that backpack. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's all there. Past, present, future, it's all there. And the Bible says Satan's an accuser of the brethren. You need to know, Satan's got one job tomorrow, to start yanking stuff out of that backpack and throwing it in your face. And I watch Christians all week long sit there. Okay, let me see if I can do this. Oh, you guys are going to think I've gone nuts. Um, I should have gotten my backpack, I know. Um, here we go. Here's what happens. All week long, all week long, you guys are going to let Satan do that. And he's going to pull it out and go, don't you remember? You, you, this is your heart. This is how you think about that person. This is how you, you can't serve God this week. You know what I do? Oh, you can't. You can't. What do you mean? What do, what do you think? You think you, you can't play another game. You, you know how you lose your temper at school and, and that sport game and you can't keep your control and you're screaming at the refs and everything else? You can't do that. You can't call yourself Christian. Or, oh, come on. Don't worry, I won't throw the hammer. Um, some of you going, man, you throw that hammer, I am out of here. You remember how you lied? You can't go talk to that person about Christ, you lied to them. You can't go talk to that person about how you should live, you, you're a liar. You're a liar. And you know what some of you do? Literally, here's what you're going to do this week. God wants to use you, and Satan brings this up. Here's what you do. Plop it down, and you go, yeah, you're right. Such a horrible person. Don't know how I'll ever live for God. I'll try, but I just don't think I can. Because I have a problem with lying. God, I really want to serve you this week. I really want to, but, you know, I struggle here, Lord. So I guess I can't do anything with the Lord this week. But Lord, you know I really want to. How are you living for the Lord this week? Oh, you know, I really want to. You know, I just got some stuff in my life. 
You go all week like this. Some of you have gone months like this. And for some of you, you've gone years doing this. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Don't let him win. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is life-changing if you can get it. But I guarantee you, you will not get too far down the road when Satan wants to start pulling stuff out. As I sit here talking this morning, Satan's already pulling stuff out. And some of you are going, well, you know, I'd really like to, but... What part of all of your sin don't you get? Because you see, as a believer, when I put my faith and trust in Christ, all of my sin was laid on Him. So as crazy as this sounds, you know how He sees me? Sinless. No sin. Zero. Zilch. You've got to get it. Because if you can get it, then you can actually accomplish a lot for the kingdom of God this week. Because you can live free. Instead, some of you are walking around and you're going, yeah, you know, I would love to, but, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, I know Jesus, like, he, like, you know, he took all my sin and stuff like that, but, you know, I don't, I gave him my backpack, I really did, but you know what? I mean, I just struggle with all of this stuff, but you know what? Bless God, I'm going to serve him. Oh, this speaks. Cool. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, it's alive. It's alive. Oh, press here. You're right. God does speak. Huh? <laughs> it does. Cool. All right. Um, you get it. You get what I'm saying? Please understand this. Because I watch Satan win over and over and over and over again when he shouldn't. Because the Lord has taken all of your sin on him at the cross. He dealt with it. It's a done deal. Don't let him keep bringing that stuff up. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That becomes life-changing. Another takeaway is this. That's what God did for you. But, just like we talked about in the Passover, you have to accept it. You have to choose Him. He offers this. He says, I'll take all your sin, put it on me, take care of the whole bill. And you can do one of two things. You can accept it and allow Him and then live free, or you can die and reject it. And when, God's, when you stand before God, you're going to stand one of two ways. You're going to stand with your sin placed upon Christ because you put your faith and trust in Him. Or if you've rejected Him and you want nothing to do with Him, that's fine, that's your call. But at death, you're going to stand before Him and say, you know what, I know He paid for it, but I'll take the bill on this one.
I don't want anything to do with that. And you will stand before him in your sin. Paid for everything else, but you will stand before him in your sin. And he will say, depart from me. I don't know you. To those of us that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, my iniquity, my sin was paid for with Christ. And Jesus looks at me and says, where's your sin? And I go, over there. I put my faith and trust in him. He took care of it all. I, it's not my deal. It's his. It's your call. It's your call. And if you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I beg you, I beg you, understand. It's already paid for. All you have to do is accept it. Not about jump through a bunch of hoops. It's about putting your faith and trust in Christ alone. I was 16 years old when I did it. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I got a backpack. And as best as I know how, Lord, I want you to forgive me my sin. I want you to take my sin. Boop. I want to put my faith and trust in you. I live for you, not for me. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. And at that point in my life, he took my backpack. He took my sin. Too many times, Satan, all week long, pulls stuff out for me too. But I have a choice on whether I go back to the cross where it's forgiven or whether I sit down and focus on it. And any time in my life that I've sat down and focused on it, you know what's happened? i become ineffective for God. I don't want that for you this week. So my prayer is, first of all, that you know you, that you're a Christian that you know you put your faith and trust in Christ. And secondly, that those of you that are Christians, you would remember, it's all paid for. It's ancient history. Don't revisit it. Don't let Satan win this week. My prayer goes something like this. God provided a substitute for you. The Lamb of God which took away the sin of the world. He redeemed you and bought you with that sacrifice. Make sure you've accepted him. And don't allow Satan to weigh you down with your past. His sacrifice allows you to live free of guilt. So live that way this week. Let's pray. Lord, help us. God, Satan is so good at getting us to focus on the wrong stuff. Lord, even this week, it's easy to focus on our cultural stuff instead of our biblical mindset. Lord, it's so easy for us to get sidetracked and listen to Satan as he, as he tries to get us to focus on, on the things that we've done wrong on our sin. But Lord, you took it all upon yourself at the cross. Lord, we've got to learn to rest in that. And don't allow Satan to get an advantage in our lives this week. So help us to keep our focus clear. Help us to stay focused on the cross and not our sin. And Lord, may we all strive this week to live in such a way that we've been called to live to. And Lord, use us. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise these things we ask in your name. Amen.
Um, let's 